You're listening to Tooth Be Told. For the latest updates, like our SPIU Alberta Facebook page and follow us at SPIU Alberta on Instagram. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Tooth Be Told podcast. I'm Ying and today I'm joined by my co-host Jason. Hey everybody, my name is Jason. I'm one of Ying's classmates. I'm in my second year of dentistry here at the University of Alberta and it's my pleasure to be here on the podcast today. Our pleasure to have you, Jason. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, today's episode is about the dental hygiene program here at the University of Alberta, and we are joined by our guest speaker, Professor Christy Day. We'll have Professor Day introduce herself now. Thank you, Yang and Jason. I'm delighted to be asked on to, to be on Tooth Be Told. For those of you who don't know me, I'm currently an assistant clinical professor and the comprehensive care dental hygiene lead for Team Four. I work primarily with the third and fourth dental hygiene students in KEC, and on Tuesdays, I'm at the Boyle Macaulay Dental Health Clinic. I also teach DDS Perio in the simulation lab and in KEC under the supervision of Dr. Debevic. Currently, I am enrolled in the Master of Education and Health Science Education program at the University of Alberta. It's a pleasure to have you joining us here today. We have the goal here at SPIA to shed light on the many programs offered in the School of Dentistry as well as the U of A. And we are very fortunate to have someone like you share your experiences with us. Uh, You mentioned earlier that you are doing a master's in education, health science education. Uh, Would you be able to give us some details about this master's program? What kind of courses or projects are involved? Absolutely. Okay, so the program is course-based and primarily online. Well, really, it's all been online because of COVID. Um, It is an interdisciplinary course with many health science professionals. So I'm in a cohort of approximately 20 people that includes physicians, pharmacists, dietitians, nurses, medical laboratory scientists, dentists, and dental hygienists. Courses and projects include um, philosophy of teachings. So we have refined our teaching philosophies, adult learning theory, where we constructed online teaching dossiers, methods of educational research with, um, I did a mixed method research proposal on clinical collaborative learning, integration of technology and health sciences, which I'm starting actually next week, a couple of electives, uh, program evaluation, And my personal favorite thus far was curriculum development. So I used a backwards design to develop uh, a long-term care external rotation for the fourth year dental hygiene students. And there are also two assessment courses that I have not taken yet, but I'm really looking forward to. That sounds like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That is a lot. Oh my goodness. That's so impressive. And then um, there is a capping project that is mandatory. So for course-based master's students, Um, It's different than thesis-based, but it's independent and meaningful exploration um, and research of a topic, issue, or practice. And I'm currently doing my background research on emotional intelligence as my starting point. Oh. Uh, Wow, that's incredible. Do you have time right now to talk about um, your background research on emotional intelligence? Well, it's mostly based on uh, Dan Goldman's pillars of emotional intelligence. And so I'm really interested in the pillar of empathy and self-regulation. So essentially integrating um, self-regulation strategies into clinical practice for dental hygiene students. Wow, incredible, amazing. So with all that on your like plate right there, it's, I just, I can just imagine that your workload is incredibly heavy and you have these long hours. And because like you work at the clinic also, 
um, at the end of the day, you still have to go home, right? And unlike some people who, after when they go home from clinic, they can just wind down, relax for the next few hours before they have to go to bed and wake up and repeat the next day. You really don't have that luxury. You pretty much have to go straight back to work on your master's as soon as you get home, huh? So how do you budget your time, both as an instructor and a master's student? I found this a really, really um, great question. So it can be very challenging to switch gears between the two and still feel like I'm at my best. So I would say that my intrinsic motivation is quite high. So that just helps me just keep swimming. Uh, one of my strategies is to compartmentalize both tasks as best I can. This is an approach that was reinforced during one of my summer elective courses that covered time management among other professional development topics. I also schedule my time and tasks appropriately when I know I can be uninterrupted and most productive. Unfortunately, what does seem to suffer is my commitment to physical activity. <laughs> Mine as well. Mine as Guilty well. Guilty as charged. <laughs> it's terrible. It's okay. There's always time for that afterwards, right? Maybe. Not the world, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully one day. <laughs> so we tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, I was wondering uh, what factors led you to this decision of doing this master's program? Um, what is your end goal in all of this? I just love being a clinical instructor. Um, it has given me the ultimate job satisfaction. So advanced education has always been on my bucket list. Um, and when I applied for the program, it just seemed to be the right time with my years of experience. And I'm so glad I did. And it has been my main COVID activity. Um, <laughs> It's funny you should ask what my goals are, because when I applied to the program, it was to hopefully get the role of the DH lead that I have now. So future is unknown, but with continued experience, maybe possibly teaching uh, a didactic course, um, but I'm also open to all our other possibilities. Great. That That's awesome. Yeah. That's actually impressive because I think also at some point one day in my life, I might come back like after retirement just to teach at the university. So I'm pretty amazed that you want to come and do it right away and then uh, show, like teach new students and new, new generations of dental hygienists, all this didactic and theory material. That's pretty impressive. I will hopefully do that too one day. Um, I have a question as well for you. Mm -hmm. So what's your most enjoyable part of the master's program? Okay, so I, you know what? I am in a cohort of just these amazing individuals that are so inspiring. So I get to connect with them um, on a professional level and then some of them also on a personal level so i've made some new friends and i'm getting to learn new things i didn't even know existed um yeah so i didn't even know that there was a, a special discipline for program evaluation and i was just enlightened um, so the professors are really passionate about their specialties and they're really engaged in the student's success which is really nice great um, next question, what has surprised you the most about this master's program? Okay, so I knew it was going to be a time investment, but I didn't quite realize how much of a time investment it was going to be. So I don't really find the material difficult, um, but I do spend so much time reading and writing more than I ever thought I would. And this has been really interesting for me, but I have developed a moderate case of imposter syndrome. So I'm definitely a better writer than I am a public speaker. Right. <laughs> I, I, I feel your pressure too. Sometimes getting up on stage, it does get like the, like your heart racing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah you just want to be able to articulate properly. So exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. has their own strengths that we play into. But at the end of the day, we all make it right. At the end of the day, we all get to the same goal and hopefully 
get where we want to be. Yes. Um, so I'm sure you've had some of your dental hygiene students come up and ask you questions about your master's programs, um, your master's program. And obviously you've shared a lot of insight right now speaking to us. Is there anything else you'd like to like teach them? Any other lessons you'd share with them that you haven't already mentioned? Um, I think that experience is valuable when you go into advanced studies, um, but there's a delicate balance. So I would say not to wait too long to start um, going into a graduate program would be some advice. I wish I would have started about five more years previous to when I started. Uh, The program is flexible and so it'll still allow you to work full-time if desired. Um, And it doesn't last very long. So it'll be a tough two to three years, but time does go go by quickly. Yeah. Um, When you say that you wish you started earlier, what is the thinking behind that? So when I started my master's program, I had about 13, 12 to 13 years of clinical experience. And I think it's important to have um, definitely over five, but I'm now kind of in my, I'm not going to put it up there, but like mid to late thirties. And it would just have been a little bit easier had I started um, five years earlier, I think. Okay, for sure. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> So we're going to switch to some more fun questions now about your experiences here at the clinic. You mentioned earlier you also teach clinically. How has that been so far? It is just the best gig. Yeah, it is so much fun. So as a student, I always wanted to return as a clinical instructor. Um, And to paraphrase Aristotle, teaching is the highest form of learning. And so the students challenge me to be on my Um, on my toes and it has made me a better clinical dental hygienist for sure. That makes a lot of sense. I 100% agree with that. I feel like definitely when you do teach, you realize what you do and don't know actually. So you end up strengthening your own skills. And of course, like um, I was talking to one of my other like instructors here at the school and she graduated a long time ago. So when she came back now to teach at the end of her career, she's like learned a lot of new things in dentistry and the new, like new ways we do cavity preps, fillings, all these things that have changed. So even for her, she's really appreciative of all like the new knowledge she acquired just by coming back to school, even as a teacher, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's significant professional development when, when you teach, I continually take CE. I took a CE right. course this morning, actually, before I yeah, you guys. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> What topic oh, was that schedule. on? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, advanced periodontal instrumentation. Mm. Is that something you're going to teach us soon? <laughs> Maybe on the clinic floor. All right. Um, so so we're, since we're still talking about fun questions here, what are your favorite memories up on the clinic floor? Do you ever miss some of your older students? Ah, uh, oh, yes. Um, so I don't know how much I can actually divulge here, but I really like checking in with my students on a regular basis. I love the last day of clinic for graduating classes. The excitement and the optimism is palpable. Uh, the LA lab is probably my favorite to teach in. It is just so much fun. I do miss the graduates of the program, but I do get to see some of them at uh, the dental hygiene alumni chapter events and the DH prescriber study club that I'm a part of, which is really nice. And I'm thinking that's going to hit me a little bit harder this year when the DH22s graduate, as I have been instructing them since pre pre-clinic lab and we have been growing and developing developing professionally together so they think I'm one of the OGs but and so yeah it's I think that'll hit me a little bit harder this year when when they leave and graduate oh 
you guys grew together. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Um, we'll switch gears here and we'll talk a little bit more about private practice now. This is one of the main focuses that some of my dental hygiene friends uh, wanted you to cover. Um, could you tell us uh, about your time in private practice? How does that differ from being in school or in the undergraduate uh, dental hygiene program? So it's different. Um, I think the continuity of care. So um, in, in the program, you may see a patient one to possibly three times, but usually not. So the best part about private practice is establishing those patient practitioner relationships. And so I thought it was really great watching people transition through life's milestones. You know, they'd end up getting married and, and then they'd be expecting and then they'd, you know, bring the babies into the office. So that was, that was really nice and special. Uh, I love the autonomy of being an independent practitioner and being able to utilize my expanded scope of practice. And in private practice, I was also able to refine my instrumentation through self-assessment. Private practice. So the pace can be very challenging. Um, I, as a practitioner, am still consistently working on my time management. That won't surprise any of the DH students that are listening <laughs> to me right now. Um, depending on the practice environment, uh, evidence-based standards may not be practiced or reinforced, and this can be really difficult uh, for dental hygienists, especially new grads, to navigate. Um, wow, that's a great point. That actually brings yeah. up a question I have later on, but I'll save it for there too. Okay, okay well, um, I'm just going to ask you another question here. Could you like help us understand a bit more about the difference between working commission versus working on wage? Is like one better than the other, or do you want a combination of both? I just had this question from two of my DH22 students on Friday afternoon, and I told them what I'm going to tell you guys. This is my least favorite question to answer, (laughs) although I do understand it's a very hot topic. So personally, I have never worked on commission, but I did work in an office uh, for most of my career in in, in private practice uh, with team and individual production bonuses. So I hear there is a significant potential to earn um, more on commission, but I prefer more security with the hourly compensation. So there are many things that dental hygienists do in offices that are beyond direct patient care. And plus I find an hourly compensation contributes to a better office culture. So when everyone is working towards the same goal of optimal patient care, there um, is less chance of an ethical dilemma. However, everyone is different and you have to be comfortable with uh, the manner in which you are compensated. For those that are more interested in this topic, I do suggest they check out the Canadian Dental Hygienist Association uh, 2021 Job Market and Employment Survey. It is an excellent resource and I'll give them a little bit more information. Right, for sure. Thank you. And. Um... I guess we'll jump back to another funner question. Um, What is your favorite patient encounter in private practice? Oh, there are so many, Um, but this definitely is going to go to my first patient ever um, that I had in private practice. So (laughs) right and early eight o'clock in the morning, they started, um, this is probably three quarters, maybe almost all the way down the appointment. They started by asking how long I had been at the office, to which I replied, it's my first day. Then they asked where I had worked before and I kind of hesitated. And then I told them that I was a recent graduate. 
not sure how they were going to respond to that or why they were really asking. Uh, so soon it occurred to them that they were my first patient. They proceeded to celebrate that they were indeed the first patient I had seen in private practice and that I would never forget them. And they were right. Oh, that, that is, is so, so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> they also they did inform me that, because um, I said, well, could you like tell it was my first day? <laughs> and they said no. So, yes. Oh, I'm glad it went so I like, had like confident energy. So that's good. <laughs> I'm glad it was so touching. I'm actually always nervous because um we're still in our second year, right? So we're just starting to see patients in clinic, other own patients. Um, so every time like I administer like lo- administer local anesthetic, or if I get to do the filling, or if I get to take the X-rays, they're always asking me, "Am I your first patient?" I'm like, "No," <laughs> even though sometimes they are. <laughs> so I don't want to like expose them that I'm a rookie at this stuff, just because I don't want them to start getting nervous. But I'm glad your case went the complete opposite, where you had a patient who cherished being your first uh your first patient that's yeah, so sweet they celebrated they yeah it was great great that's awesome. experience yeah yeah so i'm guessing you can like uh you probably could tell this to your dh22s right now is there anything that a dental hygiene students should be cautious of when they start working in private practice i know you kind of touched upon it already but is there any other like information you want to add to it um so this is my personal feeling I think it is really important that you ensure that your practice philosophy is well aligned to the owner's or the management team's practice philosophy. So it can be very challenging to advocate as a recent graduate, as you are also trying to navigate a new workplace. Um, So if the position is not the right fit, do not hesitate to keep searching for the proper fit. And I also think that highly collaborative clinics help with professional growth. So that's something that I would be looking for and I would encourage the students to be looking for. And do you have any advice for the dental hygiene students, whether it be about school or even practicing in the future as well, just to add on to everything? Okay. So uh, for current students in the program, and they've heard this from me many, many times, it's my motto, take it one day at a time. Um, And please don't hesitate to reach out if they require help or advice or even a sounding board. For future practice, we spend so many hours of our life at work. So job satisfaction is very crucial. Um, I see this to my students, um, but I think it's really important that they don't forget to individualize their oral hygiene education. So sometimes the most significant intervention we can provide as dental hygienists is uh, motivating the patient with improved home care strategies. So it's not all about scaling. Um, And to look after their bodies. Dental hygiene is really hard on the body, so proper ergonomics, regular stretching, and I have found hot yoga works, but I think that just moving your body in different ways, um, exercising regularly really helps as well. Right. That's all very valuable information. Um, Just a little follow-up question to that. Is there something that you wish the receptionist or the dentist or any other team members of a dental team in a private practice would know or do differently to make everything operate more easily? Um, So maybe this a little bit of an aside. So for uh, approximately two, uh, two to four years, I guess, I worked Um, doing some dental hygiene coaching. So I was able to go into many practices in the province and work with a variety of dental teams. So I have seen some teams work really well together and others not so much. 
Um, so what I find is really valuable is respect, communication, and collaboration. One thing that I wish, you know, every other uh, department in a dental office did know about hygiene is that quality clinical documentation and instrument maintenance takes significant time. So sometimes others are unaware of these tasks and the time it takes to complete them to a high standard. Right. Thank That's you. a very good point. Yeah. All right. So here's something I'm really interested in knowing. So I know there are these hygiene only clinics out there. And because I'm still a student, not really familiar with our dental workforce. Do you think it makes for a better business model to have hygiene only clinics and then they can refer patients if they notice some like carious lesions or some fractions, perio or endo problems out? Or do you think it's strictly a better business model just to keep it like having a dental hygiene, having a couple hygienists in a dental office? This is a really good question. Um, first off, I'm very proud of our courageous and ambitious trailblazer independent dental hygienists. Um, so hygiene clinics can be more economical for patients seeking preventative care. However, with convenience culture, uh, one-stop shop, general dental practice may be more desirable for others, especially if they are in need of um, restorative work. Right. I feel like they do feed each other pretty well because sometimes like even for us, we have to like get some cleanings before we do some procedures. So that one-stop shop idea really sounds good to me. You can just like feed each other back and forth, back and forth. Okay, then um, here's another question I have for you. So I know there are these Facebook pages where hygienists and temps get notified about clinics and the hygienists or assistant temporarily for like a few days. Do you recommend your students to go on those Facebook pages or no? Um, I mean, I myself am on the Facebook pages. So I think it's a good place to be informed about, about opportunities, um, temp days, all that kind of thing. So yeah, I think, I think I see a lot of them on there already. So um, yeah, I wouldn't hesitate to be a part of those groups and to just monitor the activity that's there and, and choose only to participate um, in, in an ethical and professional way. And um, all right, well, thank you so much, uh, Professor Day, for letting us pick your mind on these topics and sharing all your knowledge and experiences with us. Um, that is it for today's episode. It was a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It was lots of fun. Yeah, honestly, it was a pleasure and it was a great learning experience. Like there's so much that our instructors here at the school know. And the beauty about this podcast is that we give the opportunity to like divulge this information to everyone, anywhere, at any time to learn things that you wouldn't really simply get just from attending your day-to-day -day lectures. So honestly, thank you. Like you here you are teaching me like <laughs> inside and outside our Perio Labs. So sweet. Thank you for everything you said today and for sharing all this information with us. It's so sweet of you. You're most welcome. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you everybody for listening. Bye now.